Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Live. Well, hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. I say glory, 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 O Most High. God is so good to us. I'm telling you the truth. He is so very good to us. And I look forward. I'm telling you, there is an excitement. There is a, a what do you call, urgency. There is a anticipation because Bible study is coming. And when Bible study gets here, again, I get on fire about Bible study. Why? Because we learn more about God. We understand God better. And and it's a privilege to me to be able to study. I don't care how many people uh, come on the phone. And thank God for all you that's already logged in. I know other folks come in five minutes after we are, are started. They start to trickle in. But, again, for me personally, and I say this, that it may inspire you, your own personal study will get you closer to God. When you start to understand and read and and research, I'm telling you, in the research, I actually have to have discipline while I research because so much is unearthed in the research. So I'm researching, and I'm finding, wow. What? Wow. Man, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Next thing you know, I'm off on a tangent. It's like a person that's supposed to be on a diet, and they walk past some donuts or something, and the next thing you know, they're eating donuts. I'm off my diet. I was supposed to be on a diet. Well, I'm supposed to be studying, and the next thing you know, this particular area takes me off into a whole nother area. I, I know what you're saying. You, you lack discipline, Pastor. That's what it is. You lack discipline. Yes, in that area I do. There's many areas, but that's one of them that I lack discipline, I, I, and, I, and I strive for discipline in that area that I might stick to the topic. And sometimes, uh, again, I just get off. So thank you again for coming. Tonight we're starting our study, study on the church covenant and it is revealing, and I pray that it is inspiring to you, that it drives you closer to God and the commitment that you have made, definitely the commitment that he has made to us, but the commitment you have made to him is important as well. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name, and we honor you for being such an awesome God. We pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, let your will be done. Have your way in the midst of our study. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. So thank God for you and for this uh, particular topic. I thank God for uh, co-pastor again just just um, mentioning it again. I had the, the same thought at one point uh, while we were taking communion and, and reading our covenant, and it just, you know, it pricked my heart as certain statements are made. And, and the thing with me is when I go for a long time and I'm not, I'm, I, in that particular area, I'm not changed. And, and I go, okay, what's going on? And when you look at the body of Christ, there are areas that, again, we need, in order to get closer to God, We've got to get certain things out of our life. We've got to do certain things, and that's what we're going to study tonight. When it comes to a covenant, and, and, and again, most of tonight is going to be, unless the Lord says different, um, it's going to be introduction to covenants. It's important for you to understand a covenant. It's important for me to understand. So when we make a covenant with God, we know what it requires. We know what we're being held to. And it's not something that we should take lightly. A covenant, when we look at the church covenant, and you got to understand, when we read it, having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, 
as our Savior and on the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we do now, this is the part that I want to get to, we do now in the presence of God, angels and disassembly. See, when he says he gives your, his angels charge over thee to keep you in all. Listen, when you did made your covenant, you made your covenant before God, the angels, and this assembly, your brothers and sisters. You are covenantly uh, connected to God, the angels, and your brothers and sisters. And this is why when certain things go on in the church, how in the world could that happen with the covenant that you've made? Your word is your bond. And that's what we got to get to. And I believe sometimes our words are just that. It's just words. I didn't mean anything by it. I just said I covenant with you. I just said I do. I just said, um, uh, you know, uh, that's a deal. I, I was thinking of a slang. We say bet. And, and, and when you make a covenant, you shake hands, bet. So when you say bet, you can bet on it. Bet, uh, you can believe me. Bet, I'm covenanted. I bet, I'm committed. So it was a slang, a street slang, but it's the same thing. Whether it's a street slang or whether it's a um, courtroom, thank you, Holy Ghost, you making a agreement. Watch this. Literally, a contract. Literally, this is what, when you look up covenant, literally, it's a contract. I talk about it often. Listen, we should get to the place where we don't need a contract, where if you commit to doing something, no matter what, if it takes me having to do it two times, wow, I'm not getting paid the second time, but I committed to doing it, and when I did it, it didn't come out right, and now I got to do it again for free. Why? Because it didn't come out right. And and my word is my bond. Let me tell you something. God blesses you when you commit. And then if you have to do it, uh, I, I'm mindful of, of, of um, the gentleman, uh, biblical character who was uh, Rachel and Leah, and he, and he worked um, seven years for Rachel. And, and he got Leah, and then all of a sudden he had to work again seven. Listen, if I got to do it over again and work seven more years, so when I'm doing it as far as a contract, when I'm doing it as far as your commitment, I believe that God blesses. He got blessed when he had to, again, do seven more years, but look at all he left with. And in his life, again, you'll see blessing after blessing after blessing. So the key is your word is your bond, and God gets in the midst. I'm talking, you're talking a strong commitment to those who are committed to what they say. It's a contract. It's an agreement. Watch this. When I say agreement, and I'm just cool, here we go. When, it, when you say agreement, watch this. It's harmony of opinion. And this is, again, as we study different things, immediately when I see harmony of opinion and when I do this covenant with God, my opinion is in harmony with God's opinion, which is God's will, the actions, his character. I represent him, and my covenant is with him. My blessings come through him, and this agreement, the covenant that we make, is with God. And all of us, as the body of Christ, when it says, I, I do this with God, where did it say? And we do now in the presence of God, angels, in this assembly. When we do this, again, we are supposed to be in agreement with one another. An act or fact of agreement. Listen, the act or the fact of agreeing. And that's why we do everything possible to be in agreement. And later on in the covenant where it talks about us being, uh, um, um, if we have contention among ourselves, listen, we lead, lean to the majority to rule. So if the majority says that, I'm not walking around grudgingly after that because my way, along with the other five people who agree with me, but 45 out of the 50 said no. Five of us said yes. Now we're walking around contentious. We're walking around angry because we're not in agreement. Well, listen, when we're making a covenant, 
we agree to what this covenant says. Okay, here we go. So this is an arrangement as to a course of action. Where are we going? Reaching an agreement as to how to achieve their goal. And these folks going this way, listen, I say it over and over again, that's where we get denominations from. That's why we got to have our own personal relationship where God can use us in all of these different denominations. Prayerfully, there's a whole lot of folks who are saying, guess what? I, I, I go to this church. I love the word that I'm getting from this church. However, in these particular areas, I'm in agreement with the body of Christ. Um, it's not a denomination with me. It's not Methodist or Baptist or Catholic or Presbyterian, whatever. It's, it's agreement with the word of God. God, I see some, some faults here. And maybe with even in the body of Christ, maybe that's why there's so much witnessing and, and um, um, testifying to one another. Why? Because we are in such a turmoil when it comes to agreement. Where are you with this particular thing? And that's why the covenant is important because it gives more structure. And, and, and what you're going to see when it gives this structure, it's really the, the, the covenant has to be in line with the word of God. So as we break this thing down uh, line by line, you're going to start to see it should be backed up. Any covenant that you make, it should be backed up with the word of God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Okay? Now, so here we go. Back it up. Oh, we got to go down here. Here we go. So it says here, usually formal. So when it comes to your covenant, it's literally a contract, an agreement, usually formal between two or more persons to do or not to do something specific. Now, you make the commitment. You say it every month. However, the actions are supposed to be backed up by it. In the Bible, an agreement between God and his people in which God makes, watch this, God makes promises to his people. And this is why I, I enforce over and over again that when we pray, you pray with an expectation, you pray with a knowledge, you pray with an understanding that God has already, pro my God, he's already promised to do this and that. What is that? To prosper you, that you're blessed going out, blessed coming in. So I need not pray for stuff that I have an understanding of. God already promised that to me. In my mindset towards God, listen, they said that the men were saying this, and God and Jesus knew their thoughts. When uh, Moses was up on the mountain with uh, uh, with God, God says, get you down. The people are down there building the calf. You need to get down there. The people down at the bottom of the mountain, and they started thinking about coming up the mountain. He said, you got to go back down and tell them, don't try to come up this mountain. I'm telling you, you're going to burn up. You're going you're gonna to be killed. Why? Because God knows our thoughts. That's why the Bible talks about doing, being able to give you the desires of your heart. Well, again... But when it comes to this covenant and when it comes to our prayers, when it comes to our life with Christ, what happens? We have an understanding of the commitment that God, if you keep saying God is faithful, then there's certain things that you don't have to pray for because God told me he was going to give me that. And matter of fact, even the folks that he allowed to pass away without going into the promised land, guess what? He had already blessed them. They should have understood 40 years in the wilderness, and guess what? None of their shoes wore out. They were being blessed. When they asked for something, he was giving it. Oh, we want something to drink. Here goes some water. Oh, we want meat. We don't want this just this uh, meal, this this uh, bread falling, manna falling from heaven. We want meat. Bam, here's some meat. Okay, that's what you want? That's what you want? I've already committed that I'm taking you someplace, but you've got to be patient and wait for God to get you there. And in the meantime, in between time, you are listening and learning the lessons that he's teaching you on the way. He's getting you prepared that when you get there, you can handle it. Here it is. Watch this. 
in which God makes promises to his people, usually requires certain conduct. See, this is what the Bible is doing, and this is what you do not want to preach if you want to fill your pews, if you want to if you want to gravitate people for you, just keep speaking positive. Don't speak about them doing anything wrong. Well, listen, the covenant causes us to conduct ourselves in a particular way. Help me, Holy Ghost. You are supposed to be conducting yourself in line with the covenant that's made. Okay, here it is. Usually requires the conduct of, of them, certain conducts, in the Old Testament, God made an agreement with Noah, Abraham, and Moses. Okay? Now, we've got to understand there is a difference between a vow and a covenant. Because as I was studying, my thought was that this is like the uh, uh, situation in, hold on, bam, the situation that we have in uh, Numbers chapter 30, and in Numbers chapter 30, and let me see if I can, is it here? Nope. Nope. Here. Numbers chapter 30, 13 through 15, when a woman makes a commitment and she has a husband, the husband um, can again intervene and say, hold on a second. Uh, No, let's not hold my wife to that. She's unable to keep that commitment. Uh Uh-uh, don't do that. But when I've researched it and you're looking at vow and you're looking at covenant, they're different. When you make a vow to the Lord, then guess what? You are obligated to keep it. But it's not you and the Lord. It's you making a vow to the Lord. And when we say, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for me and for my sins, washes me from all my sins, past, present, and future, and now I walk with him. Watch this. I walk with him as my Savior and my Lord. That's your commitment to him. He says, if you do that, now I'm committing to you. Well, these covenants, you got you to gotta understand, there is a difference. Sometimes, listen, battered Christian woman feel this was a battered Christian woman feels they must remain in a dangerous This is, uh, again, just reading from a website, that these battered Christian women, they feel that they must remain in a dangerous home environment because they are bound by vows that they have made to God at the time of their marriage. They may believe they must stay at all costs to themselves and their children, even if it kills them. So, again, you've got to understand with every vow, with every commitment, help me, Holy Ghost, that you've got to study God's word when it comes to your vow and what releases you when God gives certain biblical uh, um, releases from your commitment. But we've got to study. You've got to know what releases you. In marriage, what releases you? Amen. So you gotta, you've gotta know that. You gotta walk with that um, understanding, and that's what it gets. I love it when it says, "In all you're getting, get understanding." In all you're getting, get understanding. Okay, I got a a disruption. I'm sorry. Here we go. Watch this. Now, as we move on from covenant and agreements, and did I do, hold on a second, let me see if I did agreements. I didn't put it in my notebook. I got it all on the computer, so I'm just, yes, I did agreements. Okay, great. Now, the next part, you've got, this is a contract. It's an agreement. The difference between a vow and a covenant you, you you have to know that. And then we start to look at the covenant. Now, first, yeah, let's look at the covenant. Okay, and that goes here. Very good. Here we go. Watch this. We said that contract or agreement between two parties. In the Old Testament, there is a Hebrew word 
This is B-E-R-I-T-H. And I pronounce it Berith. 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 B-E-R-I-T-H. And it's translate and it translates from the root word meaning to cut. Now again, when you look at the cutting process in a covenant, in the Old Testament, you would part the animal and the folks would walk in between the parted pieces. Genesis 15, and then in Jeremiah 34, 18 and 19. Genesis 15, and they, that chapter, it's in that chapter, and in Jeremiah 34, 18 and 19. The, 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 the question came to me, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And as you study, see, this is why we spend a lot of time uh, watching TV. We spend a lot of time playing games. We spend a lot of time watching different uh, soap operas and things of that nature. We spend a lot of time doing research on this and that. But you got to spend some time in order to understand what you're into as, as a believer you got to spend time doing this research. That's why I thank God for each and every time. When I see the numbers, thank God for the folks that come out and they are studying the Word of God on, listen, they at home, they could be doing anything they want, but they're spending time studying this Word. Why? So I can become a better believer, that I can become more valuable to the body of Christ, that I might be, watch this, on one accord with the body. Here we go. The corresponding word in the New Testament, Greek, uh, now this one is spelled D-I-A-T-H-E-K-E. And as you see, I am not pronouncing it. <laughs> I didn't even look that one up on the correct pronunciation. However, this is rendered a testament. Generally, in the authorized version, it ought to be rendered just as the word of the Old Testament. It's a covenant. So as we make this covenant, the word used, the covenant or a compact between man and man. So you can either do it between you and God, and as we see in our covenant that we read, it's between God, the angels, and our fellow believers, or between tribes and nations, and that's bore out in Scripture. When it's between man and man, you can write this down, Genesis 21, 32. Genesis 21, 32, or between tribes and nations. So this covenant deal is not something new. It's not a, it's not a uh, uh, what does it call it, 21st century thing. It's been going on for a long time, and between tribes and nations, you have 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. 1 Sam 11, 1, and again, that's something else that I recommend if you're writing down, please write it in, uh, look, shorthand, or the abbreviated Sam 11, 1, and then Joshua 9, 6. Joshua 9.6, and it also notes verse 15. Joshua 9.6 and verse 15. In entering into covenant, Jehovah was solemnly called on to witness the transaction. Genesis 31 and 50. So, again, when we do it, when we say before God, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Certain things, listen, I know I don't want to do that. I don't want to make that commitment. Why? Because in that commitment it says before God. That's why, watch this, in our world today when it says, I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. They Listen, it may be wise that some folks say, no, I want to leave off, so help me God. It may be wisdom. Why? I don't want to lie and say that I'm committing. I don't mind lying in front of men. That's what some people may say. I'm not committed to them. I don't think they have any bearing on me. But when you commit and you say before God, so help me God, guess what? 
you're bound to God. So these transactions was called to witness, where they asked God to witness the transaction. And that was Genesis 31, Genesis 31 and 50. And I'm just going to go there real quick. Uh, Bam, here. All right, here, let's look up. And I'm going into BibleGateway.com. Here. Okay, and then look up Genesis 31. I think I said 15, right? Genesis 31 and 15. 31, 31. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank you, God. 3150. 3150. It was a five in there, but not 15. Okay? 3150. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take otherwise beside beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. So some of the commitments, when we make it, this is, listen, God sees this commitment between us. Remember that God, watch this. I'm going to read it from the easy-to-read uh, version. It says, um, if, if you marry other women, remember that God is watching. God is watching. The, the new Good News translation says, God is watching us. So when it says, God is witness betwixt me and thee in the King James, the help is of, of uh, understanding uh, easy to read says, remember, God is watching. The New Living Translation says that God is watching us. Remember, God is watching us. God is witness between us. So this covenant that we make is so important. And when we say that, when we read it, there's got to be an emphasis. It should be an impact in our spirit, man, that I made this covenant and I'm doing it before God. And listen, and I'm drinking the blood of Jesus, and I'm eating his body. It's a very serious, this commitment that we make, and you ought, listen, thank you, Holy Ghost. It ought to be called to your remembrance when things happen in your life that's not in line with the word of God. It ought to be called to your remembrance. Why? Because I made a commitment before God. And how could it be that we make a commitment to God and before God with our fellow man, to God and before God and with our fellow man and not keep it? There's an imp- there should be something connected between your mouth and your heart and the understanding of your mind with God. Help us, God. Okay? Going back. So we have... Covenant of salt, they have covenants of grace, they have co- and that's again where again I start getting off and I start reading what what about an oath and the promise, and and the next you know okay slow down with that you got to get back on track so that is a little breakdown on the covenant that we might again understand where we're going with the covenant so we have the covenant now in with the covenant. We've got to do a little bit of research to see the different covenants that have been made in the Bible and how this is walking us through. Every time you turn around when the covenant is made, guess what? Man is going to do something outside of the world. Can you imagine how crazy, how corrupt the world was in the day of Noah? God saves Noah and his family. Noah gets right on the other side of the flood and gets drunk. Why? I don't know. What was going through his mind? I don't know. However, this is what happens. Next thing you know, his son sins right after coming out. So this is what we got to understand, that again, we make these covenants, but when we slip, thank God, as we transition from this first covenant with um, uh, Noah to the covenant with Abraham to the covenant with Moses, 
to the covenant with David, to the covenant with Christ. There are all of these covenants, and as you walk through the Bible, you start to understand that, that, you know what? God is constantly making commitments, and man is constantly messing up. Even before Abraham, there was a covenant with Noah. And Noah, would watch this, never again. What was the covenant? That first covenant is that, guess what? I'm never going to flood the land again. I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going to, I'm making a covenant with you. Matter of fact, it it references here, um, Genesis 9. Genesis 9. So it says, Noah lived in a time where the, the whole earth was filled with violence and corruption. Yet Noah did not allow, thank you, Jesus, the evil standard of his day to rob him of his fellowship with God. He stood out as the only one who walked with God. As was also true of his great grandfather Enoch, Genesis five, Genesis five twenty two. Noah was just a man, perfect in his generation. And these are listen, that should encourage you when it, I don't care what everybody else is doing. There is a standard that you can hold yourself to despite I I don't know if you understood it. They said it wasn't nobody else. Nobody else. Well, it's a, it's really hard for me because I'm around a, nobody else in the world. He was listen, he preached and preached and preached and and he held on to this standard that God had called him to and nobody was converted. Be encouraged. <laughs> Nobody has really looked like they're going this way. Be encouraged. God will allow that to happen sometimes. Look at it in the day of Abraham. God covenant with Abraham. In making this covenant with Abraham, God promised to bless his descendants and make them his own special people. Here is another covenant. It's going to come to pass. I don't care how bad things look. Listen, you remember, God just struck it to me. The Holy Spirit, boom, hit me with it. Here's Abraham after he makes, after God makes this commitment to him, and here's Abraham saying, Sarah, uh, Sarai at that time, hey, tell the king that I, you are my sister because they're going to kill me. They can't kill you, Abraham. God, listen, that's why I'm saying God's will be done. God's will be done. God's will be done. Why? Because if God said he was going to do this, I'm not worried about anything. I li- Listen, my commitment to God is that I wrestle with every thought, thank you, Holy Ghost, that is contrary to what you have committed to me. That's what the enemy does. He tries to trick you into believing that somehow the, the commitment that God is not going to come to pass because of some earthly circumstance. You better understand that every earthly circumstance is in the power of God. It's in his hand. So Sarai can't die. Why? Because I've got to have babies by her because we're going to have his commitment to Abraham that, that his descendants, thank you, Jesus, his descendants, blessing the flow, Abraham's story, here we go making the promise to him, his descendants, and making them his own special people. In return, Abraham was to remain faithful to God and to serve as the channel through which God's blessings could flow to the rest of the world. Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 3, 1 through 3. So you have what? The... the, Covenant with Noah, you have the covenant with Abraham. Let me just make sure I'm doing this. Boom, boom, boom. That's Bible Gateway. No, it's not. Okay, good. Great, great, great. I'm on target. I just I'm just making sure I'm on target. All right. So you have this 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 covenant with Abraham. And when the reason that when we do it, we see this is the fortify. When we read our church covenant that we make with God, then you got to understand God is already committed, not to our church covenant. This is our commitment to one another before God. As and, and thank you, Holy Spirit, when it comes to a vow that we make, a covenant that we make, we make this 
statement before God, before angels, and before each other that we're going to keep our part. God's covenant is with within the Bible already in line with the blessings that he said that he's going to do for the people of God. Here it is. The next one, after Abraham, you've got the Mosaic, the covenant with Moses. Watch this. The Israelites moved to Egypt during the time of Joseph. A new pharaoh came on the scene and and turned the Israelites into common slaves. The people cried out to God, the God of their uh, forefathers, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. After a series of ten plagues upon the land of Egypt, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. Three months after leaving the land of Egypt, the children of Israel camped at the base of Mount Sinai, and God promised to make a covenant with the Israelites. Listen, he is constantly saying, okay, you guys were in bondage 400 years. I heard your prayer. And, and can I pause there for a moment? There are certain things that you feel that God is not hearing. And, again, you can imagine how many people died and never saw the promise of coming out as if God did not hear. You better understand, you keep crying. You keep calling on God. God, I want deliverance from this. God, I want deliverance from this. God, I want deliverance from this. I don't know. I always give you guys these these little stories. So as I'm driving and I'm hearing one of the seats in the back, the back bench in the van, makes this little sound. So it's like it's shaking, and it's like a little cricketing sound. And it's a little irritating. Well, it wasn't a little, excuse me, it was a lot irritating to me. But it, it stayed on my mind. Uh, Jordan would get in the car. I'm driving, and I'll say, Jordan, see if you can go back there while I'm driving. Excuse me. And identify exactly where that sound is coming from. Man, that's irritating me. Man. Now, I wouldn't say it's irritating me. It was irritating me. It was, you know, every time I could be listening to something, and when that sound would start, if I had someone in the van and that sound would start, it's irritating me. I know it's irritating them. It's irritating me. It's irritating me. Out of the blue, I don't know when it happened, but all of a sudden I realized, wow, the sound has stopped. Now, again, you've got to have your own personal relationship with God. I'm not saying everything you think about is going to happen the same way with you. I've got a relationship with God, and I truly believe that things that irritate me, God does something about them. If he does not, Paul, asking for uh, deliverance from the thorn in his flesh three times, and he says, my grace is sufficient. If he does not remove what is irritating me, I'm believing that he's telling me, my gra- no, did I hear audible voice and he said my grace is sufficient? No, it's irritating me. It is a desire of my heart that this noise stop and it's gone. And I believe that's the way our relationship with God works. You ask God, you ask God, you ask God, you understand that God heard you, and guess what? Leave it alone. If it does not, if it still continues to irritate you, then you've got to continuously build, bring it up. And in this position, with Moses, the people of God kept crying out and crying out and crying out. And guess what? They were dying off, still crying out. But it lifted up. It raised up into the ear of God, and God came in after those ten plagues and delivered them. Then at the base of Mount Sinai, he makes this covenant with Moses in the mountain. Here we go. Not only do you have, let's walk through them, you've got Noah, you've got a covenant with Abraham, you've got a covenant with Moses. And again, this covenant is is with the people of God. The covenant was between God and his people of the, the people of Israel. You and I are not a party in this contract. Because, again, 
we're going to go into the covenant of David. So this is not us. This is with them. And uh, it says, and never have been a part of the Mosaic covenant. The Ten Commandments are the foundation of the covenant, but they are not entire. The they are not the entirety of it. When we move on from the covenant with Moses to this covenant with David, another covenant was between God and King David, in which David and his descendants were established as what the royal heirs to the throne of the nation of Israel. So at all times, there would be a person from the family of David as royalty on the throne. You say, well, up until this day, are you saying that that a family member of David is still the king or in the position of king? From that royal family, still. So where on earth is one of his family members alive? You got to understand that when we move from the Davidic covenant into the covenant of Christ, guess what? Christ, who is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords, God Almighty, he is from the family of David and still a member of the the royal family of David. Is still on the throne. When God, why are we talking about all these old covenants? Because when God makes a covenant, He always keeps His part. The Davidic covenant and the covenant of Christ is the perpetuation or the continuation. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The continuation of the covenant that God made. He never, He never reneges on His commitment. So when we move from the Davidic covenant onto the covenant of Christ in the New Testament, it makes it clear the distinction between the covenant of Moses in the law and the covenant of promise. The apostle Paul spoke of these two covenants, one originating on Mount Sinai and the other in Jerusalem. Now, you look at Galatians chapter 424. Galatians chapter 4, 24 dash 26. So you read 24, 25, and 26. Galatians chapter 4, 24 through 26. Paul also argued that the covenant established on Mount Sinai was a ministry of death and condemnation. So that's the beauty. See, again, our hallelujah, when, you know, we sing the song, our hallelujah belongs to you, our hallelujah, or my hallelujah belongs to you. Listen, that's your excitement. We have perverted what we should get excited about. We get excited over the organ playing. We get excited over another person being excited. But when we see the word, that thank God, the covenant that God made with us is not a covenant, watch this, of condemnation and death. It's not a ministry of death or condemnation. But now we're under this covenant with Christ where, again, that has passed away. The death of Christ ushers in the new covenant under which we are justified by God's grace and his mercy. When you got this under, when you really understand, no, I don't want to sin. Why? Because of what God did for me. The commitment he made to me. See, you got to take your commitment very, very seriously. Why? God takes his commitment and he's doing everything possible as many times as he says, you know what? It, it, it grieves me that I made man. Look at man not keeping their word. Look at man not keeping their word. As we look at our covenant, when we make a commitment, we keep it. You can't, no, I can't renege. Why? I did it before God. I can't renege. I did it before my fellow man. I can't look them in the face knowing I'm a liar. Knowing that, knowing that I'm not committed. 
It's tra- listen, it's transforming me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's transforming me. That was a commitment. Uh, again, that law, that was, originating in my Sinai, Jerusalem, it says, he argues that the covenant established there was a ministry of death and condemnation. Second Corinthians chapter 3, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 and verse 9. Let's see if they'll let me do this more. Okay, it says, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stone was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was which glory was passing away. Okay? Pass it away. Verse number, uh, let's see what it says. Not there. Uh, here. Yes. Second Corinthians 7 and 9. Here we go. Okay. So we read 7, which glory was passing away. Verse number 9. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. See, this is a greater, and this is what, when you study and someone asks you, this is what the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed. One of the uh, areas of shame is, again, when I get asked a question, I have not studied, so I don't know what to tell them when it comes to us passing from Old Testament to New Testament. Listen, you want to pass from Old Testament to New Testament. You can't keep the law. You can't be committed. Listen, all you have to do is look at the evidence. There was nobody from from Genesis to, to Malachi that could keep it and be holy and righteous. So thank God for the new covenant with Christ where we can again have this opportunity to say, Lord, forgive me. Take two baths every day, two showers every day, whichever your, 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 your preference is, bath or shower. One of them is in the water. One of them is in the blood. God, please forgive me. I did not, commit, I did not keep it yesterday. But, but, but he says even your thoughts, you got to keep them in line. The way you think about certain things, you got to keep it in line. Watch entertaining thoughts too long. Watch that anger thought. Watch it that you're planting that seed. God, please forgive me. Yes, I was. Yes, I took that out of proportion. Yes, I got angry. Yes, I slept with that woman in my mind. If that's if that's what happened, you've got to be able to be open and honest with God. He's watching and saying, "Wow, you're not going to confess that." Okay, okay. Then we're going to stay under that particular, we have this up under that particular bondage. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Under that bondage, under that burden, you're going to stay there until you confess it. He says, confess it. He is faithful and just. Confess it. He is faithful and just to forgive you. I know my little puppy did not start barking doing Bible study. Help us, Holy Ghost. Hush. <laughs> that's gonna be the new. That's gonna be the new thing we got to go through. The, the puppy barking during Bible study. Help us, God. All right. So this is that new covenant. So I hope you wrote those down. That was Second Corinthians, uh, chapter three, verse seven and verse nine. So this new covenant that we have, the death of Christ, ushers us into the new covenant under which. We are justified by grace and mercy. It is now possible to have a true, to have the true forgiveness of sin. The, the animals could not do it. Jesus himself is the mediator 
of this better covenant between God and man. So we have these covenants to look at. Unlike the Mosaic covenant, the new covenant of Jesus Christ is intended for all mankind. So I'm not under that particular covenant. I'm not under that, that, that when you go back, Noah, uh, uh, Abraham, the covenant with, even when folks say the blessings of Abraham, God has a new covenant that, again, we're able to partake of a better God Almighty covenant with Christ, regardless of race. And, and again, uh, thank God for movements, Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, Ku Klux Klan, whatever, like, come out of whatever you're into and get into a covenant with Jesus Christ where, again, blacks, whites, reds, yellows, everybody, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, that you take upon yourself this great commission where Jesus sent his apostles into the entire world so that into the entire world, not to a particular race, not to a particular ethnic group, but to tell the story of the cross. Christ died for you. I don't care what color you are. He died for you and for those appointed from the foundation of the world to come into this ark of safety and that we can covenant together. So in, on, on next week, God willing, as we start to get into this covenant, that we say we understand having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive what? The first connection with Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. If you've got a prejudiced bone in your body, how can we covenant together when it comes to you being able to accept a white person or a Chinese person or a Jewish person into the body, or a, a, a Muslim into the body? Well, well, no, I don't believe they ever change. Yes, they can. If you change, they can change. So when we covenant together, listen, this is a serious commitment that we make to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. We start off as a foundation of our, if you flip the covenant upside down, and what is the foundation? The foundation is that we're all saved. And upon the profession of our what? Faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're following the Word of God. So when, when it comes to Christ, even Christ himself told John the Baptist, listen, if I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, i got to be baptized too. John, again, in his own will, no, I can't baptize you. I don't think I should baptize you. What did he say? Yes, suffer it to be so. you got to baptize me. I've got to walk through this process. Let my will be done, John, not yours. Having been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we do now in the presence of God, angels in this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one, one body in Christ. This is our covenant, that we covenant with one another, that we are saved, that we understand the process. When we do this research from Genesis to Matthew, that now when Christ comes, the Messiah, we're under a new covenant, and we understand that we couldn't have made it no other way. That's, again, this, I think, in my mind, binds us closer together because we would not have made it. Brother, I can look him in, my, in his eyes and covenant with him because, brother, you wouldn't have made it. And I wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for Christ. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his love. Thank God for his mercy. Through the third person or the second person of the Godhead, thank God for Jesus. Thank God we would. Listen, that's where our rejoicing comes from. That's where our celebration comes from. That's where our lifted hands come from. Why? Because we covenant with one another as one body, as one body in Christ. The first paragraph, that's where it is. There is a covenant between man and God. So as we move into this 
dissecting of the covenant, we again, we start off with the foundation that you're saved. And if, listen, see, this is the beauty of it. Where you sit and you talk to God about your commitment, even as a saved person, I got too much dirt going on in my mind, and I've got too much ungodly actions happening with my body for this commitment. God, I need to talk to you. See, that's how you get that serious, serious relationship, and your commitment, again, begins to change. Why? Because I'm seeing that I'm doing too many things. God, I love you, and I want this gone. Lord, I confess it. It's not of you. Lord, I pray that you wash me. And and I'm telling you, as a, a personal testimony, that if you don't testify of any blessing, material gain blessing that God has given you, thank God you can always testify of how he cleansed you from unrighteous acts. Follow me. Unrighteous thoughts. Watch this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Unrighteous words, things that were coming out of my mouth that were not godly. That's what you can always testify. You know, they say, well, we got a um, uh, Deacon Angela asked, she was leading worship, and she asked, she says, hey, I think there's some, the, the Holy Spirit is telling me there's three testimonies here. I say, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. He can always count on me for a testimony. Why? Because God is always doing something in my life, revealing himself, cleansing me of this or that, and even if it's something new. It may not be something that I've wrestled with for years, but it could be something new. But guess what? I confess it to him quickly. Confess your faults one to another. He's faithful and just. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why? And let me tell you something. Just like our showering every day and, and, and the next day you still need another shower, you still need another confession. There's still another, there's another confession. God, please remove it from my life. Why? Because when I move in the, with the body of Christ, when I'm activated, when you call upon me, I want to be in a right relationship where I can hear your voice, and I don't want the contamination and confusion of the noise of my sin in my mind to distract me from your voice. I got too much going on that's evil. I got too much going on that's not in line with the word of God. So as we, again, make this confession to the Father, among the angels, and among our brothers and sisters, we most solemnly and joyfully enter into this covenant with one another. I hope you stay right there as we study this. Stay right there this week and use that as a foundation that everything else, we engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love as we start to move into these things. Listen, I make Christian love, that love, when we get into it, that love is sacrificial. That love is unconditional. When you make this covenant, listen, this is you saying this to God, saying this to me, saying this before the angels, that guess what? I commit sacrificially. I commit unconditionally. These are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And God, you can count on me. Brother, look me in my eye. You can count on me. No, 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 not looking away, not blinking. I watched a movie the other day with Martin, and, and every time he lied, he would blink his eyes. So it was a, a tell, telltale sign of him lying. Wouldn't it be funny that every time we, link, we lied, we saw it blinking? So here we are reading the church covenant, and, there, and you look out when you're reading it, and, and they say, I engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, and folks start blinking. Because that Christian love is sacrificial. And again, if you flip it upside down and use the first uh, uh, paragraph as a, a, a foundation for the rest of the statements we make, I'm saved. I thank God for Jesus. And when I say that I'm walking with you in Christian love, that's my commitment. Ain't no blinking. 
It's sacrificial and it's unconditional love. I love you and I'm committed to you. I'm committed to keeping keeping unity in the body. We're going to walk through that. Thank God for this foundation uh, uh, opening uh, uh, study. I hope you got your 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 um, your uh, Bible verses down. And 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 again next week, God willing, we're going to move forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this time. Pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you have your way in the midst of the lives of those who are here committed to your word, to studying, to show themselves approved unto you, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Go with God. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.